I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast. Now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this, KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Right there on the bottom of your screen, uh, KramerandBrill.com. So let's talk about how we did for you last week. This is probably one of the best weeks we've had for calling the right shots. We were high on Kyler Murray, who had 406 yards and totaled four TDs. Josh Allen, who had 350 and four scores. Jalen Hurts, who had four touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill, nobody saw this, had five, three passing, two with his legs. And we were perfect with Dwayne Haskins, who threw a pair of picks. Now, we're both high on David Montgomery, who had 146 yards rushing and two TDs. Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, and Aaron Jones. We even like J.D. McKissick, who had 51, but caught nine passes and scored a touch. We did not see Salvan Ahmed from Miami, who had 122 and a score. Where that came from, we don't know. On the receiver side, we called six of the top eight performers, including Antonio Brown, Brandon Alyuk, and Stefan Diggs, who had 11 for 147, and Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins, who between them pulled in 19 catches for 332 yards and two scores. At the tight end, I'll take credit for pushing Logan Thomas, who had 13 catches for 101 yards despite not finding the end zone. And you like Waller, who had nine catches for 150 uh, as far as yards go, topped all tight ends in yards, but he had the touch. So trending up this week, Russell Gage, who I've been pushing for weeks, Pollard, Mayfield, Waller, Jalen Hurts, Logan Thomas, Salvan Ahmed, and the Jets. Trending down this week, Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Edwards-Elier, and New England Patriots, Jets, they may have blown the first pick of the draft with the win over the Rams. So uh, your thoughts on this week? My thoughts are, we, as you kind of mentioned there, we are hitting our stride right when you'd want to be, right? Down the stretch, yep. tail end of the season, when games are important, we showed up big. I was great. Now, to me, my thoughts on last week are the Bears. They are seemingly for real now. They look like legit playoff contenders. They dominated that game against uh, the Vikings in Minnesota. So Robinson and Montgomery, we've always been high on this year. And now I'll add a guy, Mitch Trubisky, at quarterback. And he looked like he's making good decisions. He's putting the right combination together. He's reading the defense correctly, and his timing and accuracy are both there now. So I, th I think the Bears are now uh, not only a legit playoff contender, but fantasy-wise, they've got a quarterback as well. Uh, we talked about the you know a team's QB of the future. And I don't know if the, key, the Eagles have found – that in Wentz, but I know they found their quarterback of right now, and that's Jalen Hurst. They've got two weeks left. He's now added a dimension of explosiveness uh, that they have been lacking, not only in the passing game, but really in their running game as well. Um, I think the Broncos uh, got hammered by the Bills, obviously, and Drew, Drew Locke fell back down to his reality, 133 yards and a touchdown. I just think consistency-wise, he's going to be a hard guy to rely on. Uh, coming down this stretch. Um, nice to see Jonathan Taylor come up big, really the last four weeks. Um, and last week, again, he was consistent. And I think the thing that has jumped out at me is not only is he making quick, explosive decisions and hit the home run on one of the running plays, but he's he's got carry, he's carrying the ball now where he wasn't. Early in the year when he had a few fumbling issues, now the ball's back up high and tight again, and that's what's going to keep him in the lineup and along with his production, uh, seems impossible to figure out the 49ers, right? I mean, oh, both games yeah. against the Rams this year, 
they won in dominant fashion in both, and yet then they lose to the Cowboys last weekend. And I'll say on the Cowboys' behalf, Andy Dalton uh, is back now looking like Andy Dalton when he was with the Bengals. He's making good, quick decisions, accurate throws. And as you mentioned, Tony, Tony Pollard has really stepped up and looked explosive at the same time. And I think he's given that offense some burst that that's uh, not really had in a while. Um, and then, again, just as I tout the Rams for being possibly representing the <laughs> NFC in the Super Bowl, they lose to the only team who hasn't won yet. Well, now they have the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So I'd say uh, sticking in that same division, um, congratulations to Brian Flores, because I think the turnaround from start of the year when they just got smoked and dominated by the Patriots and Cam Newton and the new look Patriots, now it's the new look Dolphins that defensively nobody seems to be able to figure out. And offensively, even though Tua doesn't consistently put up great numbers, he does consistently make great plays. And I think that's the combination right now that have the Dolphins really eyeballing a playoff spot. So my hat's off to them. And I think the last thing I'll mention here is that Breeze, uh, in similar theme to other players that have come back in their first game back from injury, he struggled a bit. Only completed 44% of his passes. I'm not sure he's ever completed that low of a percentage. He did have three touchdown passes, but again, it's, it plays more to, you know, it was a good Kansas City Chiefs defense he faced in Kansas City, but at the same time, that first week back for a lot of players is, is just them getting back used to playing again. You know, the interesting thing that uh, you mentioned was we're hitting our stride uh, as we get uh, go into the playoffs here. And I had, um, I got to bring something up here. I had uh, someone ask me this last week. They said, uh, on your show, do you use analytics or do you kind of go by gut? And I said, if you want analytics, there's a ton of shows out there. There's uh, all kinds of on ESPN. We don't do that simply because of who we are and what we're doing. Now, for instance, what I bring to the show is the experience of many, many decades of fantasy football and following and, and trending and things like that. And what you bring to the show is probably something that no other show brings. And that's the experience of being on the NFL stage and understanding that. And the, uh, I explained to this guy, I said, the perfect example is what we had a couple of weeks ago. I brought up uh, the fact that a fan had written in, he had Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Taysom Hill to choose from going to the fantasy football playoffs to start a quarterback. And you analyzed them all, and I analyzed them all, and your ultimate choice was to start Taysom Hill. Nobody in their right mind would have started Taysom Hill in that situation when you had Roethlisberger and Watson, right? Well, out of the three guys, Taysom Hill had the most points, had the most fantasy points. He was far and above Roethlisberger, who's 10 points above uh, Deshaun Watson. And that just showed that what you bring to the game is important and more than what analytics brings to the game. So if you're listening to our show and you wonder why we don't break down the analytics, that's the reason why, because we've got something else going for us and it's different. It's different. And uh, we hope you'll stick with us throughout the year. So um, my kudos to you, my friend. All right. Well, hey, thanks for pointing that out. I remember, 
I don't know if it was the same podcast, but remember when uh, Vince Ferragamo, after I got yes. through saying something, you and I both, he's like, man, that's a lot of numbers out yeah. there. Like I, <laughs> I didn't think it was, but you know, that's also some people you can, you can tune them in, but you can also tune them out. Yeah. Well, let's get right to the game, shall we? Uh, Vikings and Saints on Christmas Day. Saints look to rebound from a loss to KC. Vikings, your definite plays here are uh, Cook and Jefferson. I don't like Cousins here. I do like the Saints defense. Now, Breeze looks right again, not as right as he should be, as you just pointed out. And I do like Emmanuel Sanders along with Kamara. Well, I agree with you. On Cook and Jefferson, Cook, you got to start him. I don't care who you're playing because he ripped apart the cow. Uh, the Bears defense last week, and they're pretty good. Uh, Jefferson, obviously, as a, a rookie this year, is playing like a 10-year veteran, and no reason to think he won't again this year or this week. Um, uh, I think that, uh, as I mentioned, you, and you pointed out here, with Breeze against Kansas City, he struggled a little bit. But I think this is a game. He's back at home now. He's had that one game under his belt in returning. Now he's kind of hitting his stride, I think and feeling good about himself and against the Vikings defense who really got shredded last week against the bears. This is a good matchup. I like for the saints. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, you're going to have a lot of af- uh, offensive output in this game. So I, I, I feel both uh, good about both teams here. Buccaneers at lions. I am sold on swift and Marvin Jones. And I like Hawkinson this week due to the matchup, but I'm not sure why only four targets under the new coach last week. I love Antonio Brown this week, along with Godwin and Evans. So with that said, you have to like Brady too. And I agree with you on AB. Um, And, and I think he's making the most of this opportunity, really his what third or fourth one. Right. I think this is one he's now settled in on and feels comfortable in Tampa. Uh, The person I think that, that Brady feels most comfortable with himself going to though is Evans. Uh, they, the two of them, Evans is a big, strong uh, physical target. He's also very instinctive, knows how to get open. He's also the guy Brady looks for either when he's flushed out of the pocket or has time to look down the field. And Evans seems to come through and especially down the stretch right now, he's the guy I'd, I'd bank on on that offense. Niners and Cardinals loving Kyler Murray all the way this year with DeAndre Hopkins along with Kenyon Drake. The Niners, I like Alyuk again, but only if Mullins plays. You got to watch the injury wires with him and Jeff Wilson, who has looked good lately. He too suffered an ankle injury. Yeah, there's a lot to like about Kyler Murray, obviously. And he definitely brings great talent to both the running game and the passing game. Um, To me, he's Lamar Jackson as a runner and he's Russell Wilson as a passer. And he's only getting started. So I think the Cardinals this week, um, you know, again, another great matchup against the Niners who are coming off the loss to the Cowboys. And uh, I think the Cardinals, for me, are another surprise team. Maybe not a surprise for a lot of people, but to me they are. And at this point in the season, they look like a solid team. Dolphins and Raiders, you got to give Ahmed another chance after 23 carries and 122. Tua was okay, but uh, should do fine against the Raiders. And it looks like Lynn Bowden is going to get some action. So he's at least a flex for Las Vegas. If Carr is not able to play, consider Mariota. Uh, he had a good game and may be ready. Plus he rushed for 88 yards of the score. Waller, of course, solid as is Jacobs. I would lay off Booker this week. I agree with you. And I, so to jump on the Raiders first, I there's to me after watching it, there's no way Carr's going to play this week. Um, and Mariota looked fantastic. The, I was so impressed with him because I think he's really in, underneath Gruden in what he's taught with, and learned within that offense. It's a West Coast passing game, and 
and I think Mariota has improved dramatically in his sense of timing and anticipation. Just think of the throw he made to Waller, that first touchdown pass down the sideline, perfectly placed, and Waller made a great catch on it, but he couldn't miss it. And then I think in the running game, Mariota also brings a dimension that Carr doesn't, and that's as a decisive, physical, and elusive runner at times. And that's something I think that really jumped out at me. But again, last week it was the Chargers defense. This week it's the Dolphins. And so if I had another option, I think I'd, I'd at least think about uh, – I'd have a decision to make between Marietta and someone else, whereas it's not just an automatic sit for me against the Dolphins' defense this week, which is kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you would think early in the year, yeah, start anybody against the Dolphins' defense, but now they're legit. They are. They're a legitimate team. Panthers of Washington, I like D.J. Moore here, but that's it because Washington has really come to play. Against Carolina, I got to say, I might not consider Haskins and go with Thomas, McKissick, and McLaurin. Haskins wasn't great, and Carolina should give him a real much tougher test than Seattle did. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, from early on, it took, to me, it took Teddy Bridgewater a little while to get going. Now he's going. Last week, he looked very decisive in not only the passing game reads he was making, but in his decisions to run. It all seemed in perfect rhythm and timing, and he was he's run more this year than ever before, and he's accurate. He's got great downfield talent uh, people throw to like D.J. Moore, and so that's why I would bank on both these guys. Yes, it's a tougher Washington defense, but I think the Carolina Panthers have an answer for that. Colts and Steelers, here we go. I tell you, yeah, what an ugly game against Cincinnati. I, it was, I have never in my life seen the Steelers offense play this bad, and I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't know if they can fix it, but the thing is they have to win one of two games to clinch the division, and both are going to be tough games. I mean, they got the, the Colts this week. They got the Browns next week, or if the Browns lose and the Browns are playing the Jets, so that's not going to happen. Uh, well, of course, Steelers <laughs> played the Bengals, and you would think that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure what's going on with the Steelers. I know the frustration level is really high, and you know, I thought they were coming back in that second half, um, but you know, you can't give 20 points away on turnovers before the half and not score yourself, except maybe a field goal, and and expect to win games. And they need to win the division because they've not had a bye week all year that would give them a bye week and would mean they'd have to win one less game to get to the Super Bowl if they even have a chance to do that at this point. So I think this week is the most crucial week in the season for them, and they have to beat the Colts. Can they do it? I think they can. Uh, the Colts are going to be tough. The good thing is Steelers have a good history against Phillip Rivers. Uh, I, I believe they've uh, kind of beaten Phillip Rivers most of the time. Colts? Colts are looking decent. Uh, you can't put them down there. You can't look past them. Well, I I agree with you. And part I'm I'm have, I'm sorry to have to say this, but I would start Jonathan Taylor. I think as we've seen really these last four weeks or so, he's burst back onto the scene. Yep. He's not fumbling. Uh, he's given that dimension of explosiveness to the Colts offense. I'd also start Naheem Hines, and I'd also start T.Y. Hilton. Now the Steelers are a tough defense, so I wouldn't just like blankly or blindly start everybody but if you have uh, you know if you don't have better options i think the steelers you know they've been they the vulnerability cracks are there right now they've lost three they in a row um they probably could have lost at least two more earlier in the year but now they're scrambling 
with no confidence going into the last part of the season or the playoffs. And so that's uh, for the Steelers. I think because of that offensively is where all the, the, the um, critique seems to be coming in that they don't run the ball anymore. There's no, they don't even want to run the ball. And then they don't want to, Ben can't throw the ball down the field. He's consistently short on deep throws or he misses and underneath throws or deep crossing routes. He's just not as accurate as he's been why that is, I'm not sure, because early in the year, he was being talked about as maybe the comeback player of the year, along with Alex Smith. And I don't know, I don't really consider him, you know, he's not moving, ascending, I'd say, to, to finish the year, like I think a lot of people, including yourself, would have hoped. You know, I'm going to bring up something here, because someone mentioned to me something, uh, and maybe, maybe it's a fact. If you look at him, he's missing. I mean, he's not seeing downfield uh, open men. And, and I'm wondering if it's the Ricky Vaughn effect. In other words, if you remember the, May, the movie Major League, the first one, Ricky yeah, Vaughn right, was right. wild until wild he got thing. glasses. <laughs> until he got glasses, and then he became the perfect player. And I'm wondering, from, your, from what you're seeing, could it be something as simple as that? Ben needs glasses? <laughs> I, I no, I don't think it could be something <laughs> as simple as that. Now, if he was a receiver, I remember when I was in Detroit. I don't know if I told you this, but in Herman Moore's first year, his rookie year in training camp, he couldn't catch anything. Uh -huh. And and I've read a couple of books. Jerry Rice with the 49ers was the same way in games. And but then the two of them, you know, that Herman, it was talked about. Does he need glasses? In fact, the Lions began talking about it themselves. Well, he didn't need glasses. He just needed to be kind of in that situation and feel comfortable. And eventually he did and became who he became. Ben, on the other hand, has been doing this for, what, 16, 17, 17 years. years yeah. I don't think it's his eyes that aren't getting the ball there. I think it's his arm that's not getting the ball there. He doesn't look like he's playing the game to me with anticipation. Um, there was an underneath crossing route. In fact, one of the first ones of the game that he was high and behind the receiver right. who was open not wide open to, to run and catch for 20 yards afterwards, but open enough to catch the ball. And he missed and, and he missed on a deep over route. He missed on a downfield throw where he was short and he's really not, he's not anticipating those throws with his feet. So he's not ahead of the throw. He's behind the throw. And I think that's, you know, maybe part of that though is because, Without the running game that they've always relied on, they don't have that dominant play-action passing game right. that punches you in the mouth right after the long run. And I think it he looks to me like he's weathering this part of the season where he's just trying to get through a game as best he can, and they don't look like they're playing one or two steps ahead of the defense. I think you're right. I think you're right on with that. Falcons and Chiefs. Well, the key guy here is Le'Veon Bell. Speaking of Steelers, ex-Steeler. With Edwards Hellier injured, he carried 15 times for 62 yards, but had only one target, which he hauled in for 14 yards, which is kind of unusual. Now, he should get the call again this week with a heavier workload. So he's at least a flex. Falcons are one-dimensional, having rushed for 37 yards last week against Tampa Bay. KC will sit on the pass. Ridley will get his, and Gage will probably get it as well, but I wouldn't look for big numbers for either one of them. How do you feel about touting Former Steeler players, like I, I get it. Like Le'Veon Bell looks like the guy. Antonio the Brown. Now we come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you here. I think Le'Veon Bell gives them that dimension that uh, Elair had given them at different times in the year. Remember the game he had against the Bills, where he just 
They couldn't stop him on the ground. Well, I think Le'Veon Bell could be and will be the guy to fill that void now that Hilaire's down because he does. He gives them a bigger, uh, more, um, I guess, he's a, a patient runner, but an explosive runner at the same time. And he gives them something in the passing game that Hilaire at this point in, in time gives them, but not quite as consistently. And I think that's why we'll see more of Bell this week. And I think, of course, with the Chiefs, you start the fireball Tyreek Hill. Of course, Kelsey is, uh, you know, production-wise, as good a tight end as there is. Uh, Mahomes as well. Um, and I agree with you on the Falcons. Their running game is now gone. And with Jones' absence, uh, Ridley has, you know, been consistent this year, getting into the end zone, having big games just as he was last year. And I think the guy you've been touting, Russell Gage, now he's really starting to step up and becoming an effective player in that offense as well. But I think the two of them, that's about it offensively. Your Bears at the, the Jaguars bet on the Bears this week as Jacksonville's fighting with the Jets for the first overall pick in the draft. Uh, James Robinson was injured, so they won't risk him. I'd ride Montgomery hard, Allen Robinson as well. And actually, Trubisky is a play this week with the Jets. I agree with you. Well said. Ditto on everything you just said. I think they add, the other thing I would add in there is that um, – Jacksonville isn't going to do much against this well-oiled Bears defense. So I don't, there's nobody on Jacksonville's offense I'd play. The Bears defense is playing well, but then also, as you mentioned, not only do they have the, the wide out and in uh, Allen Robinson and Montgomery, the running back, but now Trubisky, I think is putting up numbers both as a passer and a runner. Bengals of Texas. So this is an interesting game. Watson should ride really high this week. David Johnson is back. So he's a play here as well. Kiki Cote is also a play. Uh, the interesting thing about the Bengals, uh, they don't want the first draft pick, which is fine because they they don't need a quarterback, but they'll finish probably in the bottom three, which means they'll get the offensive lineman uh, that they're looking for, or maybe the, the big receiver uh, that they could also use. So, I mean, where they finish at this point in the bottom four is probably an interesting play along with Jacksonville and of course the Jets. And I think the Jets are out of the quarterback running here uh, at this point, unless uh, Jacksonville <laughs> starts to win. So that's, that's where I'm at on this one. Well, I like your breakdown of the Bengals right there because I, I think you're right. I think um, from a quarterback spam standpoint, not only with Joe Burrow, but now Ryan Finley's playing well too. And they just look like a different team all of a sudden um, than they have the last couple of weeks since Burrow's gone down. Uh, and I think you're right. Offensively, offensive line's where it's at for them. That's what's going to bring them the consistency and possibly, as you said, you mentioned possibly a receiver. Gio Bernard, though. It looked really good against the Steelers defense. And, uh, you know, I'll back up to the Texans here. Kiki Kuti, um, you know, he's kind of, to me, a spot player, a fill-in type of guy on your fantasy team because he's not somebody that the Bang that the, the Texans actually rely on week to week to make big plays. He can show up here and there in the red zone, but that's about it. And um, I think, like I mentioned, Finley played well, which opens up to me uh, A.J. Green. T Higgins. And then I also throw in there Gio Bernard, because to me, he looks, he was, he had some great decisive cuts. He made a guy miss, got into the end zone on a, on a nice uh, running play. And that's where I think, you know, he has, he was kind of sign of, uh, he's been underused potentially this year. And so now these last couple of games, I think he's a possible start for you. 
they really put a, a, a lot of uh, emphasis on him the last couple of games. And I think you're right. Uh, I mean, early in the year, I would have stayed away from him. He had some injuries early on, but uh, I think right now he, and he's always been a good pass receiver. So he's one of those guys that may step up for your fantasy team in the playoffs. Uh, Giants at Ravens, Ravens players all solid this week as they seem to have pulled it together for a playoff run. Brown, Andrews, Jackson, and I'd lean more on Dobbins and Edwards if you must. I don't like the Giants this week. I don't even like Galvin this week. Wow, that's big for you to say. Like, because you're right, and I think the the Giants somehow kind of took the wrong fork in the road, mm-hmm. and uh, just these last three or four games really haven't looked good at all. Um, the Ravens, obviously, ever since that shootout they had with the Browns, now they're solid once again. And Lamar Jackson, he's solid once again. And in the running game, I think you're right. Dobbins, Edwards, you can't go wrong with either one. But I think Dobbins, in, in terms of who's going to get the more touches. Uh, I think it'll be Dobbins, but Edwards is an explosive guy as well. Brown to Jets. Now, Jets are going to lose again, but Ty Johnson is worth a flex. Same with Crowder. Landry is a definite start for the Browns. Mayfield is red hot. Despite a split backfield, I'd take Chubb or Hunt for at least a flex this week and lean heavier on Chubb. If the uh, Jets can get a pass rush going, I think they've got a chance here, And but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen yet. I think that the Browns, to me, uh, along with the Dolphins, look to be the newer best coach team, one of the best coach teams in the league. Because And they've got a stockpile of number one draft picks they've had over the last several years, and they're talented and well-coached, and that's why I like the Browns to win this game. But I also like the Browns offensively to dominate both in the running and the passing game. So if you got a Brown – I plan. Oh, yeah. Broncos are Chargers. Now, if you want to get healthy, play the Chargers, which is why, despite my initial reservations, I'm liking Fant, Locke, Patrick, and Gordon. Herbert will get your points, and so will Allen, although he was down a bit last week. Uh, I also like Jalen Guyton to get more targets at wide receiver. Well, uh, and I think, you know, as as I mentioned the week before, we're at that point in the season where you're looking for hidden points here and there. And as we've talked about, tight end, that's the place to go. And I think for the Chargers, Hunter Henry, who scored last week, he's a guy that is productive in the red zone. Eckler's also another one because of his versatility, both in the run and the passing game. You know, he's a he's an option for me. If I had him, I'd start him. And he's a great matchup problem for linebackers in the passing game. They can split him out and match him up one-on-one against a linebacker. And he's also great in the screen game coming out of the backfield. And they've got an excellent offensive line does a great job of downfield blocking and picking off defenders in that screen game. The Eagles and Cowboys. Now, one thing to remember about this game is these two teams still have a shot at making the playoffs in the NFC East, believe it or not. Uh, Jalen Hurts against the Cowboys defense. He, he should tear it up. I'd start him. And I really like Pollard to go as an RB one this week for Dallas. Uh, I think with Zeke being injured the last couple of weeks and not having a good year at all, and Pollard being explosive when he does play and showing this last week, he had a, a really great game, despite not getting a lot of yards. Uh, he had two touchdowns. And I, I just think Pollard is on the rise. Matter of fact, I went so far as two weeks ago to pick up Pollard on my keeper league and look at him as next year because we don't know what's going to happen with Zeke because of the salary cap. Well, I, that's a well-thought-out play on on Pollard and, and a breakdown because I think he reminds me a bit of David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. He's got – now that he's gotten a chance to play, as you mentioned, shown some explosiveness. He's got a quarterback now in Andy Dalton and some wideouts that, that can take the pressure off some of the running game. 
And uh, I think that makes him a good play. He really impresses me just the way David Montgomery does in his tough attitude and the approach he brings. When he's got his, the ball in his hands, he's fighting and scratching and clawing for every single yard. And Pollard is an explosive guy, something I haven't seen out of the, out of the Cowboys running attack in a while. And I think that's a good play. Rams at Seahawks. Now, Rams are going to rebound after a loss to the Jets. So stick with Goff, Akers, and the Whiteouts if you have them. Believe it or not, you know, <laughs> be surprised with this one. I'm not sold on Metcalf this week for Seattle because he was shut down by Jalen Ramsey last time, and he is not getting the targets he should from Russell Wilson. So I, I'm, I, if I had somebody who was a good wide receiver, I'd either move Metcalf to a flex if I played him, or I'd sit him. I do like Chris Carson and Tyler Lockett, who ate up the Rams last time. I think your point on on Metcalf is well-made because you're right. Jalen Ramsey, even when Metcalf was healthy, he shut him down. Metcalf, I don't know if he saw it or not the other night, he did. looked like he hyperextended his knee and then uh, wasn't very effective after that. So I think that, that the combination of both those two factors would make me not want to start Metcalf at least this week. And I think you're right. The Rams having lost to the Jets, as mind-blowing as that happened to be, uh, I think the Rams want and know that these last two games for them are critical to go in with the right attitude into the playoffs. Um, and I, that's why I think that uh, this matchup, I don't think the Seahawks defensively match up with the Rams like you. I like every Ram offensive player in this game as a fantasy pick. Uh, the Seahawks, they've been sort of sketchy to me up and down a little bit, and they don't really have that running game. Russell Wilson's kind of fallen off from what he was the first half of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I like the Rams to win this game to get back on track as well. Titans and Packers, good matchup here. Two of the best running backs in the league, and I like them both. Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams, Corey Davis, both solid. Uh, I do like Tannehill. Now, how can you not like a guy who just accounted for five touchdowns? He's on a roll. Aaron Rodgers will be good, but he is not on a roll. He's, he's almost there. He's not. I don't see him as being the typical Aaron Rodgers this week, but I could be wrong. Uh, to go back to the Titans, I would take Darren Henry and play him no matter who they're playing, but solely because of the stiff arm last week <laughs> where he shoved the guy through the earth, it looked like, I would take him just to make sure I was watching whatever he was doing this week. I agree. I, and I agree. Tannehill, to me, has been a play and should be all week or all year long. Um, and then on conversely, Aaron Jones, man, dominated. You're right. Uh, uh um, Aaron Rodgers did not have an Aaron Rodgers like game last week, uh, but he still controlled the ball when he had it, when he had to make good decisions, made good throws. And Devontae Adams, if anyone's going to be, you know, gaining points in the fan in fantasy terms, it's going to be him. I would also throw in there Robert Tanyan in that he scored again last week in the red zone and tight ends are valuable this time of year. Have you seen the insurance commercial uh, where Aaron Rodgers uh, is hitting the Aaron Rodgers rate and he gets he gets a little upset and walks up with the golf club, just walks up and crushes it? <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of I've heard some good things about you on the golf course. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, way. I know. Yeah, um, no, I, I have seen that commercial. That's pretty I, I love it. I've done that before and I've, I've crushed it like that once. Another time I I struck out i missed <laughs> I, I liked his happy gilmore walk-up approach to yeah. the driver there <laughs> that was cute
Bills of Patriots. Josh Allen has a lot to show off, and he's hot. Watch the injury wars, though, for Diggs and start Cole Beasley and Zach Moss. It might be an experiment time in New England now that uh, they have missed the playoffs for the first time in uh, a decade. But start Jacoby Myers, and uh, I'd stick with Sonny Michelle, who should get some volume at least. And you're right. I mean, the, the Patriots, who's going to play? Who knows? Who Are they going to start now? ramping up for next year and evaluating maybe Jared Sitterman in this week and playing against instead of uh, Cam Newton. I don't know. No one knows that, but I think the bills, you're right. They're on a roll. They're as good as and deep as anybody right now. And uh, offensively, I don't see the Patriots slowing them down. Um, And so I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think Jacoby Myers is probably the only guy that it doesn't seem to matter who's playing quarterback consistency wise, these last two or three weeks, he's been the guy they've gone to. And there you have it, Kramer and Brill, Fantasy Football Podcast, now a videocast too. Uh, you can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsum, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can all see the video videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Keep playing fantasy football. Let us know how you did in your playoffs, especially if you won. Give us some tips from uh, feedback from what you, what you did and just send it to us at uh, BrillPro at gmail.com right there on the bottom of your screen. Uh, Thanks for joining us. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. See you next time.